Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Well, a very warm welcome to the Bees Radio Network podcast episode five. Here we are now with the pre-season behind us. A uh, 500 pre-season, two wins, two losses across the... uh, the Wildcats and the Raiders challenges. And now we are looking forward to the brand new season. It kicks off on Saturday at the Hive when the TSI World Bracknell Bees will be taking on Peterborough Phantoms. A reminder for you, of course, 6.15 is the face-off now on Saturday. So if you are coming to the game, 6.15, you've got a little bit of extra time to uh, get yourself sorted and settled at the Hive. And it is going to be a busy game this weekend as well. A school zone game and Matt Cote's induction into the Hive of Fame. So a busy game expected at the uh, Hive this weekend. If you are a season ticket holder, they will be available for collection from the shop on Saturday morning and indeed on Saturday before the game. So please make sure that you have your season ticket and that you are there in plenty of time because we don't want you to miss any of the excitement that is coming up. Joining us on the podcast today, we wanted a name that is synonymous with the Bracknell Bees, and I didn't have to think that long or that hard to find out who to have this week as we welcome to Bees Radio Network, Stuart Robinson. Hello, Stuart. How are you? Hello, Mark. Thanks for uh, that introduction. I'm not sure synonymous, but... Yeah, I I would say synonymous. If people think Bracknell Bees, they think of that thumbs up. I hope not. And that I smiling they, face. I hope they think of um, of um, uh, Doug Shepherd and then Matt Cote, Chris Brown, um, and everybody else that's been involved in the club over the its long, long, long history. Do you know what though? I mean, there are many, many legends that have uh, been at the Hive currently, either at the Hive or have been at the Hive over the last uh, few decades now. But I'm going to be honest, Stuart, I think you're up there. You know, you're up there. Here's a man who, <laughs> let's be honest, you and Katie, you stepped in and saved this club at a time when it could have gone. You stepped in, you saved this club, put it back onto a stable footing. And here you are again now, you know, like a glutton for punishment, your second time back in a management role with the Bees. So, you know what, in all fairness, I think you deserve that that introduction that you got. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't just uh, Katie and I that saved the bees. There were an awful lot of people, including some fantastic uh, fans and sponsors, that um, stepped in to uh, help out financially when um, when everything kicked off back in uh, 2007. Now, well, I mean, let's talk about that briefly if we can. Twelve years ago, the uh, you know the Bangle Bees is a club with a great history. You can't get much better than winning the top league in the country. And I must admit, like you know, anyone that doesn't know my history in ice hockey, I started at Slough. And I was always a little bit jealous, thinking, why can't we be up there? Why can't we be up there and competing? I was always that little bit jealous. But, you know, the Bees have a fantastic history. And then there was a really, really dark time. Possibly we could have had no Bees had it not been for you and Katie leading that group of people into saving the Bees. I mean, when did it occur to you, I can do something here? Um, I don't think I actually ever thought I can do something here. It seemed to be a bit like... You've got to do something here. That was the uh, that was the message that came from Ken Taggart, who was the uh, chairman of the EIHA at the time. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it it I don't know. It just fell into being. So rather than thinking, do you know what, I can do this, it was kind of Ken that said, get on with it. Come on, do something. Well, basically, he turned around to me, I remember, on, um, on the day that the previous owner had walked away and said, if you haven't got a team on the ice on Saturday, then um, I'm going to have to pull the team out of the uh, out of the league. So that focused uh, minds for a start, and and things just rolled on from there. But like I say, it's it was a massive, massive team effort. 
um, and uh, a massive response from um, uh, from Bracknell fans who didn't want to see the club die. You must be a very proud man to look, you know, 12 years on now and think, you know, I stepped in with all those people back in 2007 and I helped the club, like, see through a difficult period. And then you see last year, there you were at Coventry in your um, in your bee's tie that between <laughs> us, of course, Stuart, may have been wasps, but we won't get into that. And no, there you were, you know, and you were watching that team compete on Coventry ice. That must have been a proud moment for you. Uh, yeah, it was. It was an incredibly nervous moment. Um, and uh, no, I was pleased that we were back there. It was... Um, it was getting back to where I thought we should have got the club a few years ago. So, no, it was um, it was a fantastic achievement to get back to Coventry. Um, but, it, you know, that's not the end of it. It's got to be a work in progress and um, carrying on again this season and the next season and the next season. Well, that's what I was going to talk about next is like, you know, where, where the club has come from over just the last, uh, what are we talking about now, 18 months, aren't we? There's been a lot of changes around the Hive, great relationship with the John Knight Leisure Sport Complex, which has seen the netting installed at the Hive. And, and the Hive has had a real spruce up over the summer as well, hasn't it? You know, the cafe's been refurbished, new seats are in place. Things are going well, aren't they? They are. I mean, to be fair, the same as um, the same as a lot of uh, ice hockey rinks of their generation at that time, they do um, show an awful lot of wear and tear and do need a lot of money spent on for upkeep. Um, thankfully, the, um, the the John Knight group have, um, have uh, really realised that they need to um, speculate to accumulate around improving the facilities for fans and people actually um, using the whole of the ring. So, no, it's been good. And, um, um, yeah, we've got a fantastic relationship with them. Uh, we, we've helped to install most of the seats ourselves and move them, but the rink are absolutely brilliant. Do you know, I mean, there's many, many things we're going to touch on that have uh, happened and are in place now and working well for the bees. One thing I was going to say is, how good is it now having a four-facing scoreboard back at the Hive where you can see what the score is no matter where you are? You know, that's that's been a thing, hasn't it? A lot of fans for a lot of years have said, oh, what's the score? How long's left in the period? That's sorted now, isn't it? Yeah, thankfully. I mean, the, the, the trouble is that um, I think because we're... Well, we only rent five hours ice time at the end of the at the end of the uh, end of the day for the um, for the rink, which is which is fairly low in comparison to quite a few other users. But I think people still seem to think that we are one of the main um, main players and influences in the rink. And if anything goes wrong, then it's actually our fault, and um, we should be the ones repairing it. But unfortunately. The scoreboard was well outside our control. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I heard some fans the other day saying, "Oh, I wish I had the old scoreboard back." But uh, the new scoreboards are great. It's just, um, it, I think Andy Turner and um, and and Graham from TSI and everybody that's been working and AVSS, everyone that's been working on getting the infrastructure put in there right, um, is certainly looking good. And um, yeah, it's a fantastic facility. I remember a conversation we had last year, Stuart. I've got that gif, haven't I, of your famous thumbs-up salute, <laughs> which you said to me, under no circumstances can that go on the scoreboard as a goal celebration. Absolutely not. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> lots of things have changed uh, at the Hive, you know, in terms of in the Hive and actually around the bees as well. And over the last 18 months, we've seen a lot of things put into place and some have come to fruition fantastic, you know, like an appearance at Coventry uh, after one year of rebuilding. Um, Doug Shepard came in as head coach of the Bracknell Bees last season. How easy a decision was that for you? It's a no-brainer. 
Um, at the end of the day, I mean, the, Doug's the full uh, first full-time um, coach that we've had at the Bees since um, Dwight Parrish back in the first season when Katie and I had to take over. It, it makes such a massive difference if you've got a coach come on board who's beyond just a, a coach and that they are integral to the, the running of the club, the ability to be able to go out and um, uh, work hard to get sponsorship, the ability to um, push the school zone, all the sort of jobs that people like um, self at every club end up having to try and do part-time as well as running their day job. See, if, you, if you've got that full-time person, it makes life so much easier. I think that's the thing a lot of people forget because a lot of people just think, you know what, I pay my money for my ticket every week and I expect this done, that done, the next thing done. And what they expect is that British ice hockey doesn't make people rich. So a lot of people who are owners, as you say, are doing it around their own day-to-day, their day-to-day job, their day-to-day business, their family lives, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of a lot of applause has to go to those, not just at the Bees, but up and down the country who run their hockey clubs to the best of their ability, who end up exhausted by the end of the season because they're coping with the demands of a job or running a business and also running an ice hockey club as well. I mean, that's one thing that a lot of people probably just won't think of and just take for granted. I'd, um, I'd never been involved in uh, running a, a business until 2007, and um, it was a very steep learning curve. And after we finish this podcast, I've got to start um, wading through invoices and, and finances and bits and bobs in any case. But, um, yeah, it is incredibly hard trying to do um, ice hockey or run an ice hockey club as well as running your full-time job as well but what does make it easier is having a fantastic team of people around yeah and that's that's been the big difference over the last couple of years in terms of the 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 enthusiasm and and uh, skills that so many other people have now brought to the uh, brought to the club that makes my life personally an awful lot easier than it was 12 years ago and certainly I know the same with Katie and hopefully they you know Paul and um, uh, Richard the other directors they're not overly burdened by having to you know we've each got individual responsibilities we don't have to be a uh, jack of all trades all the time so there is a fantastic army of people behind the scenes that really deserve um, more credit than um, than they're given. I've worked with Doug for a long time. I mean, Doug is a man with a seemingly endless work ethic, isn't he? You know, like he'll come up with an idea and then he'll make a way to make it happen. But something which has happened over the summer is a real coming together, a unification of the Bees and the Supporters Club with, as you say, like Paul obviously now joining as a director as well. So it's a real unified club now, isn't it, in Bracknell? I, it's always been a close relationship. I mean, I mean, I was chairman of the sports club back in um, two thousand and seven when when we had to get involved heavily. Then, yeah. I mean, the supporters club has always been an integral part of the Bracknell Bees. Um, you know, the, you you couldn't run match nights. You couldn't run. Um, you couldn't run the shop. You couldn't do an awful lot of things without the fantastic support of the sports club, who act as a focal point for fans um, and 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 assisting in general. Now, one of the uh, the big things that was started last year and has grown way beyond expectation for this stage of its development is the, the school zone, the AVSS school zone, which was an idea started last season. And I mean, it's become so big in just one year that it's had to move blocks now in the hive and it's had to split as well because the interest in it is so huge that it's now not just a school zone, but there's also a school zone 
and a group zone. You must be very pleased to see like all these kids streaming into the hive and becoming possibly even future bees players if we perk their interest enough. I mean, for me, my 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 um my my personal um uh, sort of motivation around a lot of the things to do with the bees, it's it's a giving the the players and the coach a platform to do what they enjoy doing, um, and giving the fans something to see, but. It's actually the place within the community as well. Um, you know, the bees are quite a big player, I suppose, in the, in Bracknell, in, in this particular part of Berkshire. So anything that actually can get the community involved and the, into, the communi- into the community venues and things, that's key. I mean, um, I ended up going to ice hockey for the first time as a result of... Um, Chris Brandt going to my um, my daughter's school when she was at um, junior school, uh, free tickets, go in and then suddenly um, you're hooked. And that's exactly the same ethos that we're going for at the moment. It's get the families in, get the kids in. Actually, this is quite a good night out. It's cheap um, by comparison to going to football. Um, it's, it's comfortable. Um, it's thoroughly entertaining. We'll come back again. So... Um, from that point of view, a massive success. Dave, Gemma, Kate um, and the others involved in the schools programme have been absolutely fantastic. Doug and the players, when they go out to the schools, are so well received. Um, I've done school visits myself in the past and they are really entertaining and um, and very rewarding. Um, so, yeah. And then, as you, you briefly mentioned about the possibility of... Um, kids coming through in the future uh the latest plan at the moment in conjunction with bihc is we're now having the bees academy so um bracknell ice hockey club the junior um organization their entry level at the moment is what's called learn to play um and in order to to be able to join learn to play you have to skate at a certain level so that can preclude an awful lot of uh, kids who just think, oh, I fancy having a go at that. So mm. what we're introducing now is um, is the New Bees Academy, which acts as like a, an entry level to the entry level, in effect. So get kids along who can't skate or have got you know negligible skating ability, get them a feel for it, push them along the path then to um, get some skating lessons and then feed them into the junior programme. So ultimately, yeah, hopefully come out the other end of the um, of the uh, grinder as um, as a bee. See, now that starts at the end of this month. And as someone who is an appalling skater, you tend to just look and you take for granted what you see the players do. They just go out there and the skating is second nature to them, you know, and they're playing the puck, they're laying hits, they're taking hits. You have to remember, though, that at some point in time, they've all had to learn to skate and that new academy is going to be a great way in, isn't it? Because it gives kids a taster of this is what I could possibly do if I go away and I work on my skating and I get to the level required to actually get into the full-time programme. And I, I mean, to be fair, even uh, even the bees at the moment, I mean, Zach Milton would probably hate me for saying it, but I know in the summer he's been, um, he's been doing um, uh, power skating and, and skating techniques, uh, training with one of the... Um, uh, Bracknell Ice Skating Club uh, coaches, and uh, along with his mate Dan Fay from uh, Witness, but the, they're, they're, the players themselves, even once they reach a certain level, they think, "Hang on a second, I still need to carry on improving my skating, improving my power skating, and so on." So, yeah, it's 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 um it's still an integral part, important part. It does, as you say, in a way, preclude some people from getting involved in ice hockey because if you can walk or you can run, you can take part in football, in cricket, in golf and in most sports. But it is 
a sport where you have to have two disciplines. You have to be able to skate and play the sport. So, yeah, this new academy is uh, very exciting. And we're looking forward to the kicking off of that later on this month. It was um, it has been held back a little bit, obviously, to let Doug get the team into the season and off and running. But at the end of this month, this uh, kicks off. And if you would like to find out more about that, then it is com. That's our website where all the details are. The, I was just going to another point on that. There is a third element, unfortunately, with um, with ice hockey, in particular with juniors, and that's money. Um, and unfortunately, if you live in a, a town or an area where it's perhaps not the most affluent in the world, ice hockey could actually be, and the, and the equipment requirements for ice hockey, it can be a costly sport and can be prohibitive to uh, some kids and families. So again, um, the Bees Academy... Uh, with the, the the kit that's readily available for kids to be able to use and access, at least they can get a feel for it without needing to go off into the shop or a shop and, and buy helmets, gloves, sticks and everything else that they need. Well, that's one thing, isn't it? You, you may go out there and spend hundreds of pounds on skates, gloves, pads, uh, and then your, your child does it for a couple of weeks. I don't like this. And, yeah. you know, that this way, you know, you may find that you spend um, you know, you, you get to borrow the equipment. Your kid absolutely loves it. And then perhaps in 15, 20 years' time, you're going to be watching them for the bees. So this is a great entry route into the sport. Absolutely. Now, um, we, we've done pre-season, which had ended um, with a 2-2 a two and two record. It's a brand-new league that we will start on Saturday. Just tell us a little bit, Stuart, because obviously, like, you know, you are a director of the club. You attend the the meetings. Just tell us a little bit about what's happened and how we've got from where we were last year in the Britain Conference, the Southern Conference, to what is now this brand new National League. I, I mean, I, I, a personal opinion, Mark, is I don't think it's a brand new league. It's, it's a different structure in terms of opposition teams but at the end of the day we've got to remember this is still tier two hockey yeah so it's the highest level of hockey below the elite league so it's not a brand new league um it's not a brand new standard the majority of the teams are still at exactly the same standard as they were last year and as you as you mentioned um um, just now, it was um, uh, still the same number of imports as as before. So the, the new league, in effect, is actually um, the the tier four um, that's um, that started. Uh, sorry, no, the, it's the expanded tier fours, in effect. Yeah. Um, I I I think it's exciting to be able to play against new teams again. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, going to Sheffield, Hull, Leeds, Telford. Uh, and back to Milton Keynes. It's good to have them involved. I think actually that the new league is more interesting from a, um, a competitive point of view. I think everybody is going to be of a, of a very similar level this year. I don't think there's going to be any teams that are going to be massively standing out from any other. So I think it's uh, an extremely competitive league. I think it's uh, a good sustainable league in terms of... Um, the, uh, the 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 costs and the way we're structuring it by the southern teams not having to travel to the north anywhere near as much as um, as what used to happen in the old EPL days. Um, so no, I think it's all looking um, all looking positive. There is a, a balancing act, obviously, between uh, ideal and sustainable. And if something's not sustainable, it's not worth doing. Uh, at all. So you've got to get that balance right. And we did mention before we started recording the podcast, the uh, the number 
of imports. I've gone on record on this podcast before saying I think that there should be three in this league. My view is it should either be three, two and one uh, for National Britain Conference, NIHL one, and then down to NIHL two. I think three, two and one. Or I think it should be two, one and none. That's my view on it. Like, you know, am I... Am I way off the mark, Stuart, or not? No, not in the slightest. I think three, two, and one is not a bad idea. I mean, at the moment, um, it makes sense to maintain it at um, at uh, uh, two in the in tier two of ice hockey. At the end of the day, we are a development league. We're all about um, uh, developing the best Brits available to be able to play for um, GB um, and uh, and um, uh, possibly go into the elite league there and um, and 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 perform well there. Um, yeah, I think three imports would work. Um, I think it would be not a bad idea. What I'd like, um, if it ever happened like that, the, there was a move earlier in the um, in the summer, actually a motion um, at one of the league meetings that allowed two non-EIHA trained players on the ice at the same time, which I'm not a fan of. So. If we ended up moving to three imports, then I'd still like to have the same rule at the moment, whereby you should always have um, a minimum of um, of, uh, um, of, of, of only, oh, sorry, a maximum of only one non-EIHA trained player on the ice at any one time. Obviously, if you change that rule, that would pave a way back, wouldn't it, for import goaltenders, which a lot of people did criticise, which you can't do now but if you were to change that rule to two then you could just stack your net with an import goaltender couldn't you and then run with either an import forward or an import defenseman on the ice with them so that i mean that would crucially change it wouldn't it so yeah i get exactly what you're saying about you know like keeping to one on the ice at any time i do remember over the summer when the the national was first touted i remember seeing on some facebook pages and twitter discussions and stuff like that people saying well, how many imports are we having? Are we having five? And I was thinking, um, no, you're a bit off the mark there. No, I mean, um, and this comes back to sustainability as well. I mean, budgetary-wise, you don't want to end up with um, four or five um, uh, imports again because otherwise it's going to start costing you an awful lot of money to run the club. Um, the the, the um, ITC is around £900 for a start. You've got flights, you've got accommodation. Um, they're obviously going to be on higher um, higher expenses per week than, um, than Brit players. And it does actually take away from the opportunity to develop your Brit players if you're focusing more and more on imports. So, I mean, we have a good league, we have a sustainable league, and we have the possibility of maybe looking in the future to add another import in. It's exciting, isn't it? Because after a couple of years away, we're going to see these northern teams back at the Hive. Hull, Sheffield, Telford, teams that we didn't get to see last year, we'll get to see this year again. And that, as you say, is exciting for the fans because we've seen over the last few years a lot of Swindon, a lot of Romford, uh, a lot of Peterborough. But we're going to see now those teams that, you know, we built rivalries with back in the EPL. We're going to see them coming back to the, uh, the Hive this year. And that's an exciting thing to look forward to, isn't it? Because the North has developed a slightly different style of play to the South as well. So we're going to see them all mixed up this year. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's going to be, um, it'll be an interesting mix. I mean, um, Hull, I thought, played um, extremely well in the second and third period against us at, um, at uh, Coventry. Um, I must admit, at the end of the first period, 2-0 up, I was thinking, oh, we've got a good chance here. But um, no, Hull 
did step up a gear and they do look at an extremely strong side. Um, Sheffield have always brought through good kids. They've had a, a, a great junior development program over the years and you know that Sheffield will always be strong. Similarly with Telford, they've um, over the last few years, they've had a, a, a cracking junior development program and a, and a pool, of, um, pool of kids in that area. So, it's yeah, it's going to be a good league. So you've said then, Stuart, about some of the leagues you're looking forward to visiting uh, up and down the uh, the new league this year. What are your fa- what are your highlights? Are you looking forward to at the Hive? Like which team are you most looking forward to welcoming at the Hive? Well, welcoming them at all. I'm looking forward to seeing Leeds as a new team, um, particularly Basingstoke, because obviously the rivalry with Basingstoke is large. Um, and they definitely, I think, had the better of us again last season. So it would be nice to. Um, to uh, um, uh, make more of a well, be 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 more successful, particularly at home against Basingstoke. But no, all of the teams. I think it's um, it's going to be a good league, and and interested to seeing them all. There is always, I have to say this. There's always a warm welcome from Stuart. You'll find him, you know, at the front door with a warm welcome and his thumbs up and his smile. So there's always a warm welcome from Stuart when you come to uh, Bracknell. If you go back to when we started this podcast, Stuart, I, you know, introduced you as a name synonymous with Bracknell. On Saturday, uh, it's all about another name that is synonymous with Bracknell, as Matt Cote will be joining us at the game on Saturday, and he will be inductee number two into the Hive of Fame. Now, we started the Hive of Fame last year, inducting the late John Nike OBE, the first member, rightly so, inducted into the Hive of Fame this Saturday will be our first player induction, and it's Matt Cote. For anyone that's a relatively new Bees fan, Stuart, just give us a little bit of a brief overview of Matt Cote's contribution uh, to the club. Now, I know this is going to be quite tricky to do in a short time and do justice, but off you go. Blimey. Um, <laughs> well, uh, he, uh, when did he start? I think he came to the Bees um, about um, 1990. Um, I don't know how many games he played in total. Um, he was there for uh, around ten seasons. Um, certainly, um, certainly uh, was one of the most um, uh, obvious players that I noticed the first time that I ever went to the Hive. The guy was um, probably the most consistent player on the ice you could ever wish to see. Defenseman had a fantastic trademark uh, hip check that um, uh, people used to uh, uh, love to see him throw. Um, yeah, and off the ice was a genuine, um, uh, accessible, um, and pleasant guy to uh, speak to. He's he is genuinely um, a, a legend. Now, I mean, I've got his statistics here. Joined the bees in 1990, and I was, was I wasn't uh, far off. No, <laughs> no, was there for a decade. See, see, you weren't wrong at all. Um, <laughs> you know, and he is he has been a name synonymous with this club. And the other thing to say there is, you know, like that's a decade spent for an import player you know whereas nowadays you don't really see an import player stay, spend a decade at a club do you he came he settled he made Bracknell his home he made, made Bracknell his team and he played for a whole decade for this club hence why he is the second inductee into the hive of fame that's right I mean it is it is um it is a uh, a strange thing to happen I, I I'm sure there must be other teams and um and uh, other imports that have stayed at clubs as long as well. It's not that regular for a Brit to do it now even. I mean, James Galazzi um, is in his 10th season now with the Bees. So 
um, even that's a, a fantastic achievement for a Brit. But for a Canadian, no, that's um, that's quite special. So he will be at the, the Hive on Saturday and his name will be number two inducted into the Hive of Fame. It's also an AVSS school zone game on Saturday as well. It's going to be busy, isn't it? I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, um, the the crowds for the first two, I was looking at um, um, various rink reports and finances and bits earlier, and the crowds for the uh, first two um pre-season challenges were both up on last season quite um, quite considerably. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully things will carry on in this vein throughout the season. And after the, uh, the pre-season, it all starts. Another thing that we didn't mention, by the way, is that every first game at each team's rink will be for league and cup points as well. So this Saturday is a league and cup game, as will be Sunday as well as our first meeting in Peterborough. Then as you go through the season, the first time you play each team in your home rink, that is a league and cup game as well. So it's a, it's a crucial game. It's the league opener as well. And high hopes for the season, Stuart. I hope so. I mean, it's um, it's it, I think most of the teams are going to be on level par, as I said. I think we've got a good young team. Um, I'm really pleased to see so many of last season's team come back. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Robin Kovar flying because... Um, I think he's going to be a fantastic addition as well. Um, the newer players, I mean, Lewis Colvin, I, I saw four minutes for hockey at the weekend, unfortunately, but certainly those four minutes, Lewis Become Colvin... Become an owner and watch <laughs> lots of games, they say. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I spent the, I spent Saturday evening uh, taking a player to hospital, but mm. yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's the, uh, another uh, another um, side, uh, side effect of doing the job. Yeah. But um, it, no, it's... Um, I think Lewis Colvin's looking a fantastic player. I like Ryan Webb; he's been great coming back. Uh, the 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 Luke Jackson and and, and Will Stead stepping up. Um, Adam Goss. I we I I like the look of the team. I really do. And if we can stay fit and healthy, then there's no reason why we can't have a successful season. Stuart, you said you have a a pile of paperwork and invoices to go through. So uh, sadly, I can find no reason to keep you from that any longer. I'm afraid now. Uh, okay then well I'll, so, I'll, I'll, I'll try and plod through it then <laughs> thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today Stuart it's always a pleasure to chat anytime and uh, and thank you to you Graham Adrian Andy and everything I mean you, you you've done yourselves down because one of the other things that was massive massive um, uh, improvement and uplift on last season was the media side of things the Bees TV the the, the whole social media the, everything I mean we really are becoming um, quite a good professional little outfit now and the shop forget to mention the shop that's been outstanding um yeah uh, it, everything's on the up in concluding then there are many many positives in uh, bracknell so if you are maybe someone that's been away for a couple of years thinking oh do you know what it sounds interesting it is interesting get down this saturday at 6 15 new face-off times this season at the hive 6 15 every saturday and every sunday game will be a 5 30 face-off so uh, those face-offs have slightly changed uh, obviously the sunday makes it easier on a school night which of course monday being a school day sunday face-offs are 5 30 we are playing saturday this week so that is a 6 15 face-off the doors open at 5 30 and Stuart will be there with a smile and a thumbs up to welcome you, I'm sure. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Thank you, Stuart, for your company today. Thanks, Mark. Good luck. Stuart Robinson, one of the Bees Directors team, joining us on the Bees Radio Network podcast. So this weekend, then, it is the Peterborough Phantoms at home 
and away. If you are coming on Saturday, a 6.15 face-off. Tickets are available on 01344 789 That number again, 01344 789 If you'd like to book your tickets in advance. Season tickets are available to collect from the shop. They will be out on Saturday morning. Uh, the shop will be open between 10 and 1 on Saturday and then opening again at 5. So season ticket collection available from the shop. On Sunday, it is an away trip to Peterborough for a 5.30 face-off. Sad news coming from Peterborough with the passing of Dick Britton. There will be a moment uh, taken ahead of that game on Sunday to honour Dick Britton, a name synonymous with the Peterborough Phantom. So if you are travelling on Sunday, show your uh, show your respect and show your support with the Phantoms ahead of the game. One other thing that we haven't mentioned, by the way, is the signing this week of Gareth O'Flaherty, who joins the TSI World Bracknell Bees and will make his debut this weekend. So uh, it is all quite exciting stuff in Bracknell with a new name in the lineup, and you can join the Bees this Saturday at 6.15 at the Hive when they get the League and Cup campaign underway. As always, a little link to our social media. You can follow us on Facebook. We are Bees Ice Hockey. On Twitter, we are Bees Ice Hockey. On Instagram, we are The Bracknell Bees as well. Bees Radio Network will, of course, be providing coverage of the game on Saturday night. You can find that via BracknellBees.com. And if you would like to subscribe and show your support for Bees Radio Network, the coverage, as always, from the games will be and will always remain free. If you would like to show your support for the Bees Radio Network, then you can join us on Patreon. There are two levels of subscription you can subscribe for a dollar a month or six dollars a month. Now, uh, we do apologize. Unfortunately, Patreon does their business in dollars, but uh, that five, uh, six dollars a month, sorry, works out to be around about a five a month. For that, you get the uh, the thank you podcast as well, which is what you're listening to now. So if you are a subscriber, thank you to you. Recommend it to your friends as well. Patreon.com forward slash Bees Radio Network if you would like to subscribe. 6.15, Saturday at the Hive. The Phantoms are in town. The League and Cup season gets underway. Matt Cote gets inducted into the Hive of Fame. It's going to be a great weekend of ice hockey. We'll see you at the Hive this Saturday. Bees Radio Network. BracknellBees.com.